Good morning. We missed being with you guys last week. We were at Tennessee at Wilson Creek Primitive Baptist Church where Elder Graham Sims is the pastor. We go up there every October to be with him during their meeting. And if you're ever up that way, I encourage you to stop in and visit with them. But we missed being at home as always. I hope you've been prayerful for the service this morning. If you'll open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, I want to take a verse out of there to start with. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And I want to take one verse out of that. And that is verse 12. And it says this, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Now there's a lot uh, of things that we could gather from that verse uh, just in the few short words that it gives us. But the one thing that I want to draw from that verse this morning is something that every child of God has likely experienced uh, if they've been in tune a little bit to their life. And that is the walk of a child of God is a walk of ups and downs, right? Because he talks about standing and he talks about falling. He says, uh, if you're standing, you need to take heed or be aware uh, that you could very well fall, right? Now, we are not talking about uh, falling uh, away and out of grace, right? Because we know that the Lord uh, has the, the names of his people engraved in the palms of his hand. And when you engrave something in the skin, it's there, right? Can't be taken away. And we're, uh, the Bible talks about falling from grace, but it never talks about falling out of grace. We can fall from the knowledge of grace. That's what the Galatians did. They, uh, they believed that uh, their righteousness was, uh, and their salvation was based on how well they followed the law. And then they were taught differently that salvation is by grace. And they embraced that. But then they fell away from that and went back to believing their righteousness was established by the law. That's falling falling, um, um, from grace. But that's not, that's falling from an understanding of grace, you understand. But that's not falling away, uh, falling out of the arms of the finished work of the salvation of Jesus, right? So the falling that we're talking about here is not, a, uh, not an issue of salvation. The falling we're talking about here is a falling into darkness on this side of heaven, right? Uh, when a man is standing, we could say those are the moments when we're living in the kingdom, uh, when we are walking in the light, and when a man has fallen, he is going from a higher place to a lower place, right? Uh, and in those situations, maybe we're walking uh, more under the influence of the powers of darkness, right? And so the Bible warns us here, let him that think he stands, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. So when we are walking in the kingdom and when we are walking in the light, we should always have a keen sense and understanding that falling could be one step away, right? Right? Now, if you think about this, and and sometimes I explain it this way, that every person that's ever been born into this world is born with an anchor. And that anchor wants to sink them, a heavy weight, you know, and that weight is the the flesh of our heart, right? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? There is something ingrained in our fallen, corrupt nature, a sinful flesh that we possess that wants to take us from a higher place of standing to a lower place of darkness, 
It's just an anchor to us, right? And the child of God battles that once he's been born again by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit is the influence or should be the influence and the light that he walks by. But we still have that old chain, right? The old chain of sin and flesh that wants to drag us down. So our own wicked heart wants to take us from a higher place to a lower place. The Bible also tells us that the, the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The, the, the devil himself and all his minions and his demons and the powerful, powerful influences of darkness want to take us from a higher place to a lower place. So why does he tell us you need to take heed, be aware, be warned that if you're walking in the kingdom and you're walking in a high place, why would he warn us about falling from that? Because there are many influences in this world that want to take us to that fallen state, right? They want to drag us back down. Now, a couple verses that I thought were interesting that I read through this past week. And I'm, I'm going to paraphrase these. One's in 1 Timothy and one's in Galatians. <clears throat> One of the verses that tells us that we are not to give occasion to our adversary. In Galatians, it, tell us, it tells us that we are not to give occasion to our flesh. Okay? So there are two things there. The adversary, which is the roaring lion, and the flesh, which is our own deceitful heart, that the Bible says we are not to give an occasion to. Those are things that want to pull us down from a higher place to a lower place. Well, what in the world does it mean to give occasion to something? Well, an interesting definition that I read in the concordance was this. An occasion is a place where a movement or attack is made or a base of operation. Now, you may be thinking about, you know, military strategies, right? So an occasion is a, is a place or a point of attack, right? You could, I, when I read that, I thought about, uh, you know, I thought about uh, the scenario where you, you may be walking through a little canyon where there's hot rocks on each side. And uh, do you, you remember the movie uh, Where the Red Fern Grows that was made back in the 70s? Uh, if, you, if you've never cried, just watch that movie. My goodness. That is a great, awful movie, right? But do you remember in that movie as the boy goes and he gets his two puppies and he's bringing them back home and he's got them uh, around a little campfire there and they've fallen asleep and, uh, and the fire has kind of died out and the boy wakes up to, a, to a, a rustling and he looks and his puppies have kind of ventured out and there's a huge rock cliff and up on the edge of that rock cliff is this giant mountain lion, right? Waiting to attack. You see, he had a place of attack, a base of operation where he had the high ground and he had his enemy below him, his prey below him, and he was in a position where he could attack him. Now, if it were reversed and the mountain lion would have been down in the canyon and the boy and his dogs would have been up high, it would have been a totally different ballgame. It would have been very difficult for the mountain lion to traverse up the cliffs to get to him. But he had positioned himself in such a way that he was ready to attack. Right now, the Bible says, do not give the flesh an occasion or a place to attack you. Do not give the adversary a place to attack you. Right now, what does that tell me? 
What little we've read this morning is that we've got to take heed lest we go from a high place to a low place, right? We, we understand from the Bible that our own sinful heart and flesh and the adversary are trying to take us there. And it also tells us don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to be vulnerable to an attack by your own sinful flesh or by the powers of darkness. That means we have to be very, very wise in how we walk as a child of God. Because something is after us, right? Something is trying to drag us down. Now, I want you to think about when being vulnerable. Being vulnerable means that you are suspect to an attack, right? Um, if you ever watch these National Geographic shows, <clears throat> and there may be a, you know, a, a, you know, a pride of lions, or it may be a, you know, a pack of hyenas, or, or something like that, and maybe they're chasing after a big group of, of you know, some other kind of, maybe it's you know, water buffalo, wildebeest, or something like that. If there is an animal in that herd that is being chased that is injured, well, it is suspect to attack, right? That's what this, this, these lions or the hyenas, that's the one they're going after, right? And if they can get to the one who is injured and can't run as fast, they've got him. They try to get the ones that are more vulnerable, right? Now, they can also do this. Maybe none of them are injured. If they can get one off to itself, away from the, the protection of that herd, it becomes more vulnerable and suspect, uh, a suspect to be attacked, and they can get it. It's a lot easier for them, right? We've talked before about uh, how the Bible describes sheep, uh, child, uh, the child of God in the congregation of God as a, as a uh, uh, sheep, a group, a herd of sheep, right? And that how if one of the sheep leaves, it's left the safety of the sheep, of the herd, and it goes off. It's, it's suspect to attack, right? So the Bible says, don't give occasion. <clears throat> you might say this, uh, the, the, uh, Billy Coleman, right? Billy Coleman, the little boy from where the red fern grows. Uh, his dad might have said it this way to him. Don't give the mountain lion an occasion. Don't put yourself in a place where he can attack you easily, right? Now, there are many different ways that a child of God can find themselves vulnerable to the attacks of the adversary or our own sinful flesh. Many of them. You could probably preach a, a long series on them. But there is one in particular that I wanted to look at today. <clears throat> and one of the things, the thing that I wanted to look at today that makes us vulnerable to the flesh and to the adversary is to underestimate to underestimate how quickly the adversary or our own sinful flesh can take over in our lives. See, yes, there are things that, that are a very slow fade for us, right? There are things that just kind of chip away and take us from a high place to a low place. But we also have to be very aware that we can go from the high place to the low place very, very fast, very quickly. And we need to understand that because if we don't understand that and we think, oh, it'll take years for the devil to get me to walk in my flesh, it does not take years. It can almost be instantaneous, right? A silly example, you're driving down the road, 
you're bebopping to Grace Alone Radio, you're listening to a podcast where Brother Tim is preaching, or there's some songs being sung, and somebody pulls out in front of you, makes an ugly gesture, and tries to run you off the road, are you in the Spirit? No! You went from the high ground to the low ground in seconds. And your flesh took over, right? What about uh, somebody says the wrong thing to you? Somebody does the wrong thing to you and you have no ill will in your mind at all and you're just rocking along, walking in the light and the next thing you know, you've got all kinds of dark thoughts in your mind. You see, the flesh can take over in an instant and you need to be aware of that, right? I believe it's in the book of 1 Samuel. Maybe 2 Samuel. I think it's 1 Samuel. David is the king, a man after God's own heart, right? And the Bible says that David was laying on his bed and it says it was the time of year when the kings of Israel go uh, to war. And so David sends out his captains and he sends out his soldiers and he was supposed to go with them, but he didn't, right? Be where you're supposed to be. It'll save you a lot of heartache. But David didn't go, and the Bible says he was laying on his bed. Now, again, David should have been at war. But, and maybe I'm being too presumptuous, but I do not think David, or the Bible does not indicate that David was laying on his bed with foolish, adulterous thoughts, murderous thoughts. He was just laying on his bed, right? The Bible says he gets up, he walks out onto the porch. What's that, seconds? Walks out onto the porch in seconds, and he looks, and there's Bathsheba. And in an instant, he went from the high ground to the low ground. If any man thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. David fell in a matter of seconds and, and really, really ruined his household for the rest of his days. Now, he did not, you know, the Lord took away David's guilt. Okay? The Bible's clear about that. But he did not take the conse- away the consequences of David's decision. In, an, in, in seconds, David ruined his life, the life of his, his children. His household went into shambles. Because he was laying on his bed, probably not thinking a thing in the world. I think I'll go stretch my legs, go see if the sun's shining, see what kind of day we've got out there, and bam, he's a goner. Why? Because he underestimated something. He underestimated how quickly the flesh can take over. What about Peter? You remember Peter, again, paraphrasing, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm fixing to go. They're going to take me. They're going to arrest me. They're going to do bad things to me. They're going to hang me on the cross. And Peter said, uh-uh. In in our modern day terms, we'd be like, well, he's got to get through me to get to you, right? Right. Peter is bold, and his passion and love for the Lord is incredible. But within a matter of hours, he was cussing that he didn't even know him. He went from a place of of high ground to low ground very quickly. What happened to David? What happened to Peter? They gave an occasion and a place for the enemy to easily set up and attack them, right? David should have been where he was supposed to have been, but he didn't, and he gave an occasion to his flesh, a place for the flesh to attack him. Another one I think is very interesting. 
You can read about this sometime in Joshua, the 22nd chapter. Do you remember that um, as Israel is going into the promised land, they have got to uh, drive out with, with the Lord's uh, aid all these inhabitants of the promised land. And once they do that, they divide up the promised land among the tribes of Israel. Do you remember that? Well, they've got to cross over the Jordan to get in there. Well, there, uh, there's the tribe of Reuben, there's the tribe of Gad, and there's half of the tribe of Manasseh. That before they cross over Jordan... The Bible tells us that they had much cattle. Those tribes had much, much cattle. And the land on the east side of Jordan before they went into the promised land was great for that. And so they say, hey, can we just, can we just stay here and not have to go over and, and, uh, in, into the Jordan? And we're happy where we're at. And it, very, it suits us very well for what we do for a living, right? And they're told, well, yeah, you can, but... Before you do that, you've got to go with your brothers in Christ and fight the battles that they're going to have to fight. Help them drive out the enemies. Man, there's a whole bunch of preaching in that. And then you can come back and settle on the east side of the Jordan, right? And so they say, good deal. I'll take it. So they go in there and they're fighting for their brothers. Okay, the, the people they're driving out are not even going to be a part of the land that they're going to possess. But they're fighting for their brothers. They're driving them out. And once all of that is said and done, they all get together and say, hey, it's done. The Lord has given us rest. We've driven out our enemies. And the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh, they all shake hands. They pat each other on the back. Mission accomplished. And they go back to the land on the east side of the Jordan River. Right? Now, can you imagine the brotherhood that they must have felt? I've got a friend of mine, he's retired from the Marines now, uh, but he spent a, you know, a whole career in the Marines. We graduated high school together. He, come, he would come home periodically and he would tell me the stories of the things that they, that they did uh, when he was deployed, the, you know, four times or more that he was deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq. And brothers, when you're in battle with a man, there's a brotherhood there. He experienced a brotherhood with those other soldiers that, that, that I, I just can't experience because I'm not a soldier, right? So I imagine these guys, as they fought together, they had quite the brotherhood. Well, they go back, the, the two and a half tribes go back, <clears throat> and very, very quickly, word gets back to the remaining tribes that the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and half of the tribe of, of Manasseh, they've built an altar, to, to a false god. And, and so all these other tribes says, all right, we're, and they get all their stuff together to go make war against the people who just let the, help them drive out the inhabitants, right? They're ready to go back and kill them. Now, read the story. The story is they go back there to kill them and to take them over and for building an altar to a false god. And, and these two and a half tribes says, this is not to a false god. This is to our God, our God, both sides of the Jordan, our God. And the reason we built it is because when generations pass by, y'all are going to be on this side of the Jordan. We're going to be on this side of the Jordan. And it might come to pass that the generations to come look across the Jordan and say, hey, y'all aren't with us. Y'all are on the wrong side of the Jordan. So we built an altar as a testimony that we're all one, right? How do you go from... 
the brotherhood that they had in fighting those battles are ready to kill each other because your flesh can take on can take you over just like that quickly right now let me get ready to close here The Bible says to not give an occasion to the flesh or to your adversary because those are two of the most powerful things that can take you from a high place to a low place. Don't underestimate how quickly that can happen. How quickly that can happen. I want you to think about, listen to me, and I want to be discreet. I want you to think about dating, your, your dating life, okay? Do you know how quickly a young man and a young woman can find themselves going from high ground to low ground? Maybe because they got off alone when they should have never been alone? Is that too plain? Two young people that have no intentions of dishonoring God, but they put themselves in a place where they were vulnerable? And they gave an occasion to the flesh and an occasion to the adversary. And he took them to a place, a low place, right? You young people that are coming up or are going to be dating, you need to remember to not give an occasion to the flesh and be around godly people. Amen. Don't get off and be alone, right? Things can happen that you don't ever intend to happen when you make the decision to go be alone. Right? What about what about some of just the friends that you hang around? You get the Bible says evil evil communications corrupt good manners. You think ah, it'll take years, years for this guy or this girl who doesn't care about the Lord and maybe he's got you know worldly ways. It'll take years, or maybe they'll never affect me. It sounds like David laying on his bed, probably. Ain't nothing gonna get me. I'm in a good place. You realize how fast your flesh can take over when you've got the wrong influences in your life? Amen. Listen, what about pornography? You know, somebody told me one time, it made a lot of sense. You can't unsee what you've seen, right? When you go in, young men, listen to me. You go in and you start dabbling in pornography. What is the definition of occasion? It says a place where a movement or attack can be made or a base of operation. When you go dabble in pornography, you are giving the adversary a base of operation and it is in your head. And he can attack you at will. Stay away from it. You got anger issues? Don't go into situations that you know are going to frustrate you and make you angry. Because you're giving an occasion to the adversary. I had a a preacher one time uh, years ago. um, I mean, I I was a kid. Maybe a young teenager. And I remember this preacher saying that he um, had an alcohol problem for a long time. If I remember right, he was in the Navy, got into alcohol, and it was a real issue with him. And he was able, the Lord's help to overcome that. But I remember him saying from the pulpit one time, he said, if I drive by a liquor store, years after he's been removed from this, he said, if I drive by a liquor store, my mouth will start watering. So in wisdom, you know what he did? He stayed away from them. Because he knew if he got too close to them that he was going to give the devil and his flesh a place to bring him down. Right? Now, there's a lot of different ways we could go with that. 
But I just want to leave you with the first verse that I read. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. David fell in a matter of seconds, right? Peter fell in a matter of hours. The, the children of Israel, they fell in, in, in a matter of days. It can happen so fast. So brothers and sisters, if you're walking in the light and you're walking in the kingdom of God, don't be so foolish and arrogant to think that in minutes you cannot be a servant of sin. That means you got to kind of walk looking over your shoulder, right? you got to walk looking over your shoulder because the devil has a crafty, subtle way of hitting you where it hurts. And the Bible says that we are not to be ignorant of his devices, right? He's got a lot more ways to attack than the cougar, the mountain lion does up on top of the rocks. He's probably got an unlimited way that he can attack us. So you got to be walking in the light and be looking over your shoulder. You're gonna, he's going to have a hard time getting us if we're walking together, if we're in the right places, if we're around the right people, and if we're studying God's Word and we're spending plenty of time in prayer. We make it very difficult in those situations for Him to get us. And I hopefully that will be the walk that we take. I hope that's been profitable to you. And please pray for Brother Tim as he comes.